This is a homebrew podcast. Hello. Hey, there we are. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to Sanity Damage. Indeed. <laughs> we we're back. We are sailing to Yurikanoa. Uh, Let me go ahead and pop everyone to Nelton's map. So, because Big Boat, do we get to there faster now? I can English good today, y'all. Yeah, it's it's a little slower actually because you're towing a boat. Um, oh. Both both of the boats have their sails up, but they blew off your mizzen mast, so you're not getting as much. Um, Lift isn't I... the right term, but I'm going to use it. You're not getting as much lift. The the mast. Yeah, can I slowly minute? <laughs> um. Nathan, what did I do? Nathan. What? What did I do? I don't Why know. did I make a code? I don't know what I did. I was trying to measure. There we go. Thank you. Um, That's our area of attack for our ship. Oh. <laughs> Hundreds of miles. Pippin, I, I think this would be beyond the purview of mending. Um I think you what can mend. What a cowboy helps. No, I'm no. <laughs> <laughs> Um what if Celine uses guidance? No. I can flash of genius. The... Just Every you can you can keep asking things. You can keep adding things. But just imagine that I'm that Bugs Bunny no gif. That's that's your response. But we can keep I, asking, right? We can yeah. <laughs> what if You're I reduce the size of the mizzen mass and then mend it? Hey Nathan, what if Jack prays oh, really that's... hard? <sighs> Pippin. <laughs> You're breaking my brain. Mending, let's well. play this out. Mending is um, limited in its efficacy by size. If you uh, use enlarge reduce to reduce the mizzen mast and the like place where it would connect to the like base of the boat, and then you mend it, and then you let it run out so that it re-enlarges. Um, We will never know if that would work or not, because when they shot your mizzen mast off, it fell into the ocean, which is deeper now than it was earlier. That is cheating. How far? <laughs> like how many? How far down would I have to swim? I could. We could get it. I can. I can go as far as I want down. <laughs> but yeah, the further you go down, the more monsters there are. Oh yeah. But more monsters for the blood cannon. I can cast water breathing on these these. NPCs that I have with I, me. I can also. Wait, can we? We can use invisibility breathing. from the jade. Yeah, we can. <laughs> I think we should let it go. <laughs> All right. You, you have your mask back, and it works. But <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Our brain. Our okay, brain you can you can broken. do this. You can do this, but it sacrifices a day of travel to 
dive down and get it and fight off a monster and swim back up and repair it. Is that okay with everybody? Yeah, it gets a day for Selene just to, to party. That's fine. We can long rest then? Yeah, Wait, can no, I long I'm rest down. now? You can party, you can long rest, you okay. can get your mast back. That marginally increases the speed at which you'll arrive at your Akinoa. So we would about equal out. You would you would about equal out, Pippin. <laughs> yes, you would. But can yeah. I long rest? Can yes. I get my spells back now, Nathan? Yes, everyone can long rest. Uh, thank you. You guys really wrenched that out of them. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, uh, portents. This might be okay. Let me do my portents really quick, quietly. Moriarty has something happen to him in the next arc, we all know why. <laughs> uh, that is a nine. Oh. Is that a nine well, and a one? That's an uh, eight and a one. Eight and a one together is nine. Those are I mean, a nat, a nat one important roll, Nathan. I mean, use it on my guys. Yeah, I, I was just about to say, you can always use it on the enemies. No, I know, it's good. It's a crit fail. They're both actually pretty good rolls for yep. using against yeah. people. Debuffing That's what I that. use it mostly, honestly. And then this is my woe versus wheel. Got odds. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I've gotten wheel yet. I think I've only ever had woe. No, what exactly is that? Uh, I can either, as a reaction, do... For woe, if someone's attacking my ally, I could have them do uh, minus a d6. If I ever get wheel, I could add it to an ally's uh, attack as a bonus. Save okay. or... Save or something. Like a d20 roll. Yeah. Um, it's just, I've never used it. But it's nice to have. Yeah. And you can do it at, like, what, proficiency time for today? Uh, Yeah. It's it's okay, a star cool. druid thing, but it's like I have to be within thirty feet, and I'm never within thirty feet. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's it's it functions as a lesser bardic inspiration, but it's a reaction. Ba yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, basically. Nice. Um. Yeah. Okay. So with two fully functioning ships minus the blood cannon, um, you are making good progress toward Kilmaru uh, Kilruma. You, Selene has partied for a day. A couple of the yeah. non-combatant sailors from, uh, from the debtor's penance want to get in on the partying as well. Cool. Um, in between partying, I would probably cast a greater restoration on Hudson. Okay. At some so, point. Yeah. To see if it helps him wake up. Uh, so he he would stir. He would become conscious before uh, you'd cast a greater resto. He might actually become conscious during, like, your resting hours and just start, like, yelling and thrashing a little bit and then going back into kind of an uneasy sleep. Okay. Damn. Dang. Um... And then, I don't know, are you ready for a legend lore? I wanted to legend lore the Jade Baby, but I could yeah, not. We can do that. Okay. The Jade Baby. The Jade Baby. 
Because apparently Clacker's head is the size of a baby. Yeah. That's a big baby. That's, That's a big, big baby. That was your decision, Nathan. <laughs> that was that was Ellen's decision. <laughs> uh, size of a toddler, I guess. Yeah. Um, it's like a really, you know those like really fat babies. Yeah. You know that those fat milk happy babies. Are you guys calling my head? Do, do I have a fat head? No. <laughs> Not for an orca folk. No, it's like very slim for an orca folk. You know, I thought I looked kind of good. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you look great. I'm just saying that an orca folk's head is bigger than a human head. Yeah. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah. Uh, before we get to Legend Lore, Ellen, I would say um, probably... I imagine Jack or maybe Moriarty is probably the lightest sleeper. Probably Jack mm -hmm. because of his time with like dreams and sleep and stuff. Um, and so Quinn Hudson thrashes. You would hear him. You'd, he'd wake you up and you would hear him muttering rat over and over before he goes back to sleep. Rat. Rat. Like rat. Rat, 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 like that. Uh, more, more frantic. You know, he okay. thrashes. Rat, rat. Yes, yes, rat. Yes, yes. No, 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 no. Yes, rat, rat. And then he kind of drifts off. It'd be cool if I had something like calm emotions. That'd be cool. That would have been a cool spell. But don't. Yeah, well, I don't have that one either. I mean, I could always prep, but I don't feel like. It. I mean, you've you've got a few days, so yeah, there there will be time to cycle through them. Um, greater restoration on Hudson. Um, mm -hmm. When do you cast it? When he's awake or when he's asleep? When he's sleeping, just a sleeping okay. boy. Sure. So he's like um, thrashing. You see, there's like deep care lines in his face. He looks. 60 um and uh when you when you cast it he seems to like his muscles especially those in his back seem to unclench just a little bit and it seems that he's sleeping marginally more peacefully um, um, oh. i imagine he's are you all like party bunking on thousand tooth tom's massive king bed or are you in the quarters with all of the rebel uh celine i think has to sleep under the stars to get her stuff back so she always like makes camp on the deck okay she's an odd one out there what uh, the clacker was gonna sleep wherever he can really fit <laughs> okay I, there's, there's hammocks that are big enough um there's the big bed the it is my bed Cracker like, can this... climb all the way back to the other boat if he wants his bed. I was gonna say, how big is is this? Like one of those like comically big beds where it's like one person's laying in the middle and there's space for like thirty it... other people in the bed. Is yeah, it like you an know the Alaskan Scrooge McDuck. King? It's like the Scrooge McDuck bed that Huey, Dewey, and Louie sleep in sometimes. It's like oh, like where the, their feet go like just under the top of the sheets, and then there's twelve exactly. feet of bed left. So. Exactly. Yeah, it's like that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely finding a corner on that bed then. <laughs> Does that lead to Moriarty like trying to oust him? Got a king of a hill situation going on here. 
Or do you wait until I'm asleep before you crawl into my bed? In which case, you know, this is still a little bit weird here, my friend. <laughs> You'll never even know I'm there. Well, let us lie tonight. But tomorrow you find a different bed. <laughs> well, I'm just, you know, I'm not going to bother you. I'm just going to squeeze in right here. Literally, you steal the covers. I'm kicking you out. I sleep directly next to you. <laughs> Morarity wakes up in the morning and rolls over and looks at a pillow and then realizes it's Clacker's head. Wow. I'm going to create a cork and then I'm going to take out the, the horn and I'm going to cork his blowhole. <laughs> wow. And then so I'll roll it <laughs> All of these shenanigans are going on. Hudson is marginally more relaxed while he's still having his fitful sleep. Yeah. Um, I probably and... made him a little a little good smelly satchel, not including his hand bones. I, actually, I throw in a little finger bone in there. Okay. Don't separate them too There's much. There's something right with you. Um... The, I mean, the good smelly stuff is, is great flavor yeah. or aroma, as the case may be. Um, if you're casting a spell along with it, then great. Otherwise, like, it's just... No, it's just flavor. Good. Okay. Um, yeah, so, I mean, you know, he's he's still fitfully sleeping. It's early in the morning on your first day sailing this little armada. And, uh, um, Selene, you want to go ahead and cast Legend Lore now on the Jade Jewel? Yes, I cast Legend Lore on the okay. Jade Baby. Now, let's see. I'm I'm prepared for the Jade Jewel um, and for the entirety of Sankuriang. I mean, we're uh, on the sea for several more days here. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you're going to have time for both. So I'll start with the Jade Jewel. We'll see what else is going on on the boat. Okay. And then we can circle back with the rest of the lore. Okay. So this uh, this lore is significantly shorter. It's closer to like the Totem of Tagal in length. It's like a, a smaller tale. Um, smaller in length, but great, like enormous in scope and in implications. So there was once a young boy who had a terrible nightmare. The uh, identity of this boy is conflicted in different legends, and uh, if you cast Legend Lore a couple different times, you would get different identities. Some say his name was Guru, some say it was Jiton, and some say it was Yudi. Jiton? Yes. Okay. You recognize that one? Yeah, um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to place it, though. I recognize it. I'm trying. I okay. just can't place it. Uh, make a history check with advantage. Twelve or higher. I'll just tell you. Otherwise, you can. Okay, history uh, check advantage. Out. Yeah. Okay. Like Ellen recognizes it. I'm just trying to like uh advantage. Yeah. Uh, Sixteen. Yeah. Nice. Okay. So yes, uh, Jetone, according to uh, those who practice Shamaltism, is the uh, father of the gods. That's what, okay. Yeah, he's the Yul for the other uh, yeah. pantheon. Yeah. 
one of them. Yeah, and you might vaguely recognize Guru and Yudi as members of the Shemout uh, Pantheon as well. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, they all have kind of the through line of being like a, a wise person, a leader, um, a uh, contemplative, like fatherly, protective figure. Um, but their specifics obviously differ based on which character they are. Mm -hmm. um, so regardless of his identity, the story progresses much the same in most accounts. This boy dreamed that he was, uh, he dreamed that he was being dreamed, and that should the dreamer wake, he would be no more. As he grew older, this dream continued to haunt him, and he withdrew from his friends and family, consumed with fear that one day all would simply cease. So in order to put such fears to rest, the boy said farewell to friends that he had, he bade his family goodbye, and he sailed out into the celestial sea. There he meditated for what seemed to him to be millions and millions of years, although because time flows differently on the celestial sea, it was merely a few months on Narohan. Regardless, in his meditations, uh, he gained great psionic abilities and he grew very wise and extremely powerful. One day, the dreaming god stirred. Some accounts, uh, as you cast Legend Lore, some accounts say that uh, this stirring of the Dreaming God was the world storm that happened about 250 years ago. Others would say that it was an ancient storm, maybe the first world storm. A lot of people think that the first world storm was 250 years ago. There are accounts that dispute that. Regardless, it was some great event that shifted the way things worked in the world. Uh, as this happened, though, uh, the boy came out of the Celestial Sea and confronted the Dreamer. He lured the Dreamer back into sleep. And uh, again, after, after this confrontation and the Dreamer returning to his slumber, the narratives of the legend diverge pretty wildly. So, some legends say that this confrontation killed the boy. Others say that he remains alive and vigilant. Others say, of course, that he's just like he transcended humanity or mortality and became one of the gods of the Shamo faith. Um, regardless of what happened here and regardless of the boy's current state of existence, all accounts do agree that the boy's utmost conviction, willpower, and psionic prowess have manifested in the form of a large, uh, of this large jade stone. And any who wield this stone can gain a fraction of his psionic powers and extend such powers to their own seafaring vessels. Good to know. I will tell everybody I'm not keeping any of this a secret. Story time with Celine. Yeah, I would gather everyone around me, like um, like do a um story time in like a semicircle, and I'm gonna like act it out, <laughs> like in that one scene in a uh, uh, Return of the Jedi. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> C-3PO. Yeah, like yeah. explaining everything to the Ewoks. Uh-huh. Yeah, I imagine all of the all of the crew of the Debtor's Penance are like Oh so, Yeah, some of them are really into it. And I'm gonna need to see trying, a performance. <laughs> so, uh, others are trying really hard role. to act like they they hate this and they're not into it at all, but they kind of enjoy it because they're just used to cruelty. Oh yeah, I'm sorry, I'm making Ewok noises in my head now. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, okay, so all of you have that information now about the Jade Jewel. Hmm. This is quite fascinating. So, the boy goes by many names, er, but one of the names was the Father God? Uh, yes, Jitone. That's um, confusing to me. Shouldn't he, like, shouldn't that story, like, predate life? If he's the father god, I don't understand. I just, Sel- Celine just shrugs and goes back to her 113 drugs. <laughs> uh, yeah, wow. Jack, so if, um, if Celine goes through all of the kind of tangled nature of the different, um, accounts, you would you would piece together that, according to some accounts, this is Jitone, and this confrontation happened uh, 250 years ago. Others would say this is Jitone, or it's someone else, and the conflict happened before written history as we have it. I see. Yeah. So this is a, like an ancient, ancient, ancient myth. Theoretically. So, the, but the world started only being... 250 years ago. Like, Selene is over 100 years old. Like, that doesn't seem that long ago. It's not that long ago, especially in a world with elves and dwarves. And yeah, dwarves. like, Selene yeah. is 119. Yeah, there there are older elves who have lived through the world storm. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty long time for a human. It's like, what, five generations? Yeah, Yeah, I so mean, Selene's parents probably... Yeah, Selene's parents would have lived through it, for sure. So, well, they might have lived through it. (laughs) Well, nope, they would have done. They would have, because... They had, because, yeah. 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 Grandparents might not have lived through it. Right. Right, yeah. (laughs) I'm kidding up her family. (laughs) Don't! I mean, which family? Which family? Wing, this wing. all happened in the, the in the past, two hundred fifty years ago. <laughs> Anybody that you know, it is. Well, no, them. people lived through the world storm. Don't kill my family, Pippin. Sword. Hey, where are we going from here? The Calaruma. Calaruma. I just mean more, you know, metaphorically, you know, with this knowledge. But, all right, let's get on with our journey. Yeah, Celine shrugs and goes back to her 113 drugs. I mean, it's now, great knowledge. It's good to know. I don't see how it necessarily is prudent to our current situation. Maybe you could focus on the treasure we're going for next. Oh, um, uh, can I, can I do, can I sleep? Let me sleep and then back back to the regularly scheduled programming. I was just curious about We've the baby. We've got more sailing time. Yeah. Yeah, you've got plenty of sailing time, and you're down to 105 drugs now, Selene. 105 <laughs> drugs? So the only things Don't I'm keeping track of, everyone listening at home, the only things I'm keeping track of are my egg corn tops, my <laughs> <laughs> drugs, and I don't think I have any money left. <laughs> well, we're about to be loaded. 
<laughs> right, you can get more Yeah, drugs. once you split the assets, liquidate the assets of uh, this vessel, you'll all be loaded. Do we gotta share that with our crew? is already loaded. Yeah, we do. Only the God crew, only the original crew, not the crew that we took over. We already paid them with well, their yeah, lives. Well, yeah, their, their yeah, deal yeah. is they get to live. Yeah. It's but like yes. a 5% split or something like that, 10%. Well, the ones that survived, think of how much of our original crew died. Did any of them die? No. Um. I thought we lost at least one or two. Oh, did we? I don't remember. Oh, wow. No, none of them died. Oh, okay. Good. Yeah, that's I actually good. do have a I know I sounded disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> well, I guess they're, they're a good they're... crew. They're loyal. They like you. I, I know. That's why I'm like, I don't know why I sounded disappointed that none of them died. It's a, it's a good they, thing. They hope you like them, but they're a little insecure about it. Well, yeah, I feel bad. We, we focused a lot of our energy on Savannah, and we have like a whole other... You, you What do you mean, we? <laughs> Just so we know, I'm, what do you mean? I'm you, Daphne, is, we can now come back above the board, right? <laughs> Daphne isn't staying below deck anymore, is she? She's not. She's um, she's nervous on uh, the uh, debtor's penance, but she's she feels better there with all of you than on the Stormbreaker by herself. All right. Right. If I was into it, Tom's not here. He's not gonna get you today. Yeah, that's uh great, great to hear. Thank you. Uh, he is still out there, though, right? If I, I'm understanding that. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, one day at a time, right? But um, Daphne, I think we, <laughs> I think we might have some leverage on him, some bargaining chips. I think you're gonna be right as rain, and I give her a wink. And a drug. Oh boy. Oh wow. Now oh, you're talking people. No thanks. no thanks. This this got me in trouble before. I'm gonna keep my distance here. I I respect that. I respect that. And then I give her an acorn top. Oh, okay. Thanks. This is nice. Now, um, Celine mm -hmm. and Daphne like looks up at you. Yeah. What's up? Uh, you know. You know what they call um, a, a pirate with with two eyes? Um, a a rookie. That's right. That's right. A rookie. Yeah. Okay, you've heard that one before. <laughs> that was that was very good, Daphne. I um, I I, I like a good chuckle. Thank you. Uh, yeah, and she'll like awkwardly finger gun you, and then she'll walk away. And I I give awkward finger guns back. Oh. What a good egg. What a good egg, that Daphne. Anyway, Savannah! <laughs> what is it, Celine? Hi. And then I go away. Okay. Now, while, um, while Celine is drugging and uh, recovering, there's the matter of Hudson. Sure. How are the three of you who have traveled with him before. How are you doing? How are you handling him? Um, letting him sleep. Making sure that like, you know, he when he wakes up or whatever, he doesn't like fly out of his bunk or whatever when he starts flailing around. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, I imagine I'd try to talk to him, but he seems incoherent. Well, okay, so Selene has casted um, Greater Restoration on him. So, now when you... Like, at, at first when you tried to talk to him, he would be incoherent. But now, uh, when you talk to him, he would uh, look up at you with his one eye. Brush his hair out of his face. His hair looks really sickly, like stringy and gray. And he, he'd say, Jack? Yarr. It is me. That's... I know I look a little different. Recognize that hair anywhere, mate. You do look different. You look... <coughs> Cracks a smile. Look worse than me. Well, I wouldn't go that far. Well, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Who? He pushed you off to this, didn't he? This, you, you an actor? What? Where? Where'd you get? Where'd you get that wig? Where'd you get that? The, the, the scar. It's good, blood, bloody good makeup. No, Hudson. We we chased him off. He's gone. No, We're still no, on no, the no, debtor's no. penance, but thousand two Tom is no, uh, no longer no. aboard. Nah, he's 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 not gone. He's he's never gone. No, he's not gone. Well, I don't know where he's gone. He's still alive, but he's not here. No, no, no. There's there's no way. I've gotta gotta be gotta be good for him. When when he comes back, he needs to know. I'm I I'm his good rat. His master's good to good to his rat. Oh, what? I don't understand. Uh, for one. What the hell is that? Stop saying that. Weird stuff. Been mumbling Stop. rat all night. Yeah, that's that's me name, Jack. Hudson Rat Swift. No, don't don't call me that. Don't, no, it's rat. It's rat. It's rat. I don't really want to call you rat. Well, er. Me name. Er, let's work on that. Um. Yeah, and I guess I would spend some time with him. I mean, seeing as how we're sailing quite a bit, I would probably speak some soothing words of sanity and stuff. Okay. I don't know. It's not a particularly powerful sanity healing spell, but it heals a, a oh. D4, I believe it looks like. Mm hmm. Now, so, I was thinking about this um, for a long time, and what I came down on is, because Hudson's um, psychological break was deliberately inflicted non-magically by another person, magical restoration of sanity works, but slowly, so he can only regain one quarter of his maximum sanity per week. So you can get him Let's up see. to that 25% threshold. But just yeah, because, I would do like, that. Yeah, because it's, you know, I don't, I don't want to delegitimize magic. I also don't want to um, shortcut the severity of what was done to him. Sure, sure. But in the cases of like a mind flayer using some sort of crazy magic on us, we can still do that kind of stuff. Right, right, because it's like cosmic psionic stuff, right. as opposed to just right. the depravity of the darkness of mortality. 
That makes sense to me, I suppose. Well, I would do so. I would give him everything I've got, juice him up. I don't think that that would necessarily break him of his current situation, it sounds like, but... Uh, not entirely, but... Regardless. After... So, we're going a little bit non-linearly here, because there's several different things happening on the boat over the days. Um, but by the end of the first week sailing, there's a couple times where he responds when you say Hudson. Uh, I, I went ahead and moved you about a week, so you've got one week left to go. This is okay. at the end of this kind okay. of, yeah. Um, so there's a couple times where you would address him, Jack, or Moriarty or Clackermite, and uh, call him Hudson, and he would respond to that. And then once he does, he'd, like, shrink back and look around, like, uh, Thousand Tooth Tom is lurking in the shadows, waking, waiting for him to slip up. So he still insists on being called Rat. I'm sure you insist on not calling him Rat. But right. um, there's there's progress. There's there's hope in his single I eye. know what happened in the interlude, but uh, Jack doesn't, so... Right. Right. Um, for those of you who don't remember, he used to, like, trick Hudson to, like, thinking that he was free or thinking that he was fine to go take, sneak a drink or escape or and then he would re recapture him and be like, oh, I'm so disappointed in you, rat. I can't believe you do this to me after all I've done to you. I mean, for you. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, if anyone deserves to be strapped to a blood cannon. Yeah, it's thousand two time. Yeah. And then we can feed him the apple to give him more blood charges. Oh. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah again uh to recap though like there's 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 slow progress with with hudson but it's it is brutal to watch uh, moriarty is just gonna to bring rum cake and a little bit of rum stuff like that to jack and hudson as they commune and talk but he's mostly yeah. just gonna Stop in and say hi, but let Jack and maybe Clacker do the soothing. Yeah, Celine will pop in every once in a while to like do a lesser, greater restoration or like I don't know, make tea or something. I don't know. She'll she'll pop her head in, but she's not going to be like the main person. Sure. Yeah, and. uh there's there's not much reaction to you, Celine, um, as he hasn't met you before and isn't really in the headspace to develop a new friendship. But um, toward the end of the first week sailing with him, after uh, after you drop off some rum some rum cake and some uh, rum drinks, rum or, chata. Uh, yeah, rum chata, um, he would uh, he'd look over at you and he'd say, "Thanks, mate." And it's just the voice that you know from Westport and your your journey to Kraz. And then it's gone again. You know, it's just, it's glimmers. Glimmers of light uh, peeking through the fog of uh, anguish. Hmm. Yarg. 
Well, it's good to see him a little bit coming out of it, but damage is done. He'll always be maimed in this way. Um, unless we get a 7 level spell, you know. Hmm. Well, I don't think I can do much else for him, except for over the next week, I suppose. If we've got another week, I'll keep healing him. Yep. How's, how's Clacker doing with it? Uh, yeah, I don't have any more sanity, so I can't really bring him more, um, but I'll just kind of be going in there and like keeping him company, hanging out with him a little bit, and uh, just telling him stories, be like, oh yeah, so then we met these hags, and you know what happened after that? And just kind of catching him up on what we've been doing, trying to yeah. get him more present, really. Yeah. A couple times he like cracks a smile or even a little hacking chuckle at something you say as you're telling these stories. But you can also tell anytime it seems anytime he feels that he's starting to enjoy the moment, he like dissociates. Mm-hmm. I'll probably make like a vapor rub of some sort, balm. Um yeah. to kind of uh, kind of practice mindfulness and, and smelling mm-hmm. to kind of get him in the moment out of his head. You Put this on your chest, Hudson. Do yeah. you have access to calm emotions as a druid? No, but didn't someone just take it or something when we were I leveling up? I, I thought you it. took it. I've been waiting for you to bust it out. Um... No, I was considering it. I took something else. Oh, okay. I probably... Well, I probably, I think I can. I can't remember if it's a cleric or a druid spell or both. Um, I could it's, probably it's pop it It's at least it a cleric spell. Yeah, let me double um, check. I'm looking that up. Let me look it up real quick. Okay. Because if you can prepare it, then, you know, you've got a couple weeks on some of the days. Yeah. You can? Uh, I mean, hold on, I'm reading. <laughs> Bard and cleric. For... No, it's a bard cleric, oath of redemption, and archfae. I see. Okay, okay. Yeah. So I mean, good flavor, and uh, it helps him in the non-mechanical ways of just um, trying to stay in the moment a little bit more. I I am gonna just look at druid spells real quick to see if there is anything. Sure. Don't mind me. I'm researching. By the end of the week, he should be at 50%, theoretically. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the time you get to Yurikanoa, yeah. Very well. I yes. cast Ice Knife on him, just kidding. Oh, <laughs> I mean, Animal Messenger. <laughs> no. Oh, wow. <laughs> Right. If you start Sky doing right. stuff like that, then Moriarty is justified in thinking you're a hag. <laughs> no. <laughs> I could summon a fae. Do you know any fae that can calm emotions? No. Uh, yeah, nothing really would help. What Except for, I guess... Uh, it's a second level bard cleric. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know it necessarily. I 
don't think I was going to use a magic item slot on Call of Motions. Sorry, Hudson. Freedom of the Winds. Yeah. I can I awaken? No, that's for non, like, I know, that's questions. for aminals. Awaken Hudson. <laughs> he needs rest. Awaken him. <laughs> I think you yeah, can I mean... magic and make sure that there's no spells on him or anything. I guess. Sure. Yeah, I mean, you, uh, you can. I can I'm cast sure... dispel magic. I have that prepped. As a ritual, you can detect magic and uh, confirm that there isn't any, so dispel magic wouldn't. Wouldn't add any benefit in this situation. Very nice. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, there's there's small improvement by the end of the week. And then over the next week, you can continue to do this as you sell to your Kanoa. Um, yeah, speaking of your Kanoa and uh, Kilwaruma, um, Ellen, are you ready for another story time with Celine? Yeah, I'm just uh, going back to my notes from the last one with Sankuriang. Okay. So, my notes. Zumbi and the Took made Sankuriang. Sankuriang was child of the forest. He didn't know Matuk was his father because Matuk was a dog. Um, they hunted an owlbear together, um, but the owlbear was secretly Zumbi's mother, a.k.a. Sankuriang's grandmother, uh, Matuk stepped in front of the owlbear, and I did not write the rest. <laughs> well, yeah, that was all accurate. Okay, um, cool. Yeah, okay, so I'm gonna, uh, I think I'm just gonna read the whole thing. I hope that, uh, attentive audio listeners will forgive the repeat, but that way you just have the whole story in one soundbite. You don't have to go piece everything together. Two forgotten deities from the Shemot Pantheon committed a terrible sin. The details of the sin is lost to history and lost to legend, no one knows. But this forced Jitone, the king of the gods, to punish them, exiling them from the demi plane of Svarkaloka. Uh, sorry, Svarkaloka. Um, Jitone incarnated them on Earth as animals. One became a dog, this was Matuk and the other became an owlbear. Her name was Silen. Jitone gave them both immortality, a little bit of druidic magic, and the ability to return to their humanoid forms on each full moon. Silen was very repentant, trying to get back into the good graces of Jitone. Jitone did not allow her back into the Pantheon, but he did grant her a child. The child that she bore was an elf whom she named Zumbi. Zumbi, who uh, seemed to be an orphan given that she was cared for by an owlbear, was adopted by the king of the largest Kelwaruma island, who found her when he was out on a hunting expedition. Being raised in royalty was difficult for her because she had spent the first few years of her life roaming the woods and was now confined by tradition to remain in the palace. Kind of a Jasmine Aladdin situation. Um, one day she was spinning thread on her... Um, bamboo weaving utensil. She loved doing this, and her weaves often had magical properties. She'd make, like, magical scarves and that kind of thing. Um, she was weaving on the palace wall, overlooking her beloved forest and wishing that she could venture forth. She dropped her weaving tools over the wall, saddened because she was forbidden from venturing forth, so she called out, anyone would, uh, whomever could return the bamboo to her would be rewarded. 
If it be a woman, she would view the woman as a sister, and if it be a man, she would wed him. Matuk, the once god, now dog, was roaming the woods and saw the stick fall. Like any good dog, he promptly grabbed the stick and returned it to Sumbi. She decided, because she was honor-bound by her promise before the gods, that she would wed the creature, which obviously caused a tremendous scandal in the palace. She was cast out from the palace and made to live in a small hut in the woods, which she was perfectly happy with because then she preferred the company of animals to people anyway. Shockingly, once every full moon, the dog turned back into his original form, a beautiful humanoid god. So um, they uh, figured out how to make the marriage work. At times he would be a dog, and then once per month he would be a humanoid, and they'd be able to um, see each other as, as fully humanoid. Can can um, we discuss how that is literal relationship goals? Just have... I, I feel I feel so much better about the whole story when you put it in those terms. <laughs> um, let's see. Um, okay, so eventually Sumbi bore a child named Sankiriang. Sankiriang was a true child of the forest, growing strong, athletic, and instinctive like the animals he observed. He loved his dog Matuk and had no clue that Matuk was actually his father. When he was a teen, his mother Sumbi became very hungry and asked him to go hunt a deer for her. So Sankiriang went for a hunt along with his dog. Curiously, there were no deer or any other game in the woods on this fateful day. Sankiriang is discouraged, but he eventually spots an owl bear and gives chase, trying to shoot it with his mighty hunting bow. Matuk, realizing that the owl bear was actually Selen, uh, Sankiriang's own grandmother, leaps in front of the arrows, sacrificing himself to allow Selen to escape. Sankiriang is devastated that he accidentally shot his own dog, but given that Matuk was already dead anyway and Sankiriang wanted to bring food to his mother, he cut out Matuk's liver and brought it to Sumbi, who cooked it and divided it into three shares. After Sumbi and Sankiriang had eaten their shares, she uh, asked him to call Matuk so that Matuk could eat his share. <gasps> Ashamed, Sankiriang explained what happened. Sumi knows that this means that Sankiriang killed and ate his own father, and she ate her husband. But, of course, Sankiriang still doesn't know this. So Sumbi is outraged, and she strikes Sankiriang with her bamboo stick, causing his head to bleed. He flees, deciding not to return home due to his mother's great anger. So he became a uh, druid monk figure, living in the woodlands, cultivating his magic and martial arts, and swearing off ever eating meat again. Because of the trauma that he suffered to his head uh, from the bamboo stick, Sankiriang suffered amnesia, and uh, and just from like psychologically suppressing the trauma of what he's been through, because uh, he doesn't fully understand everything that's, that has happened. So he lives for many years not remembering the terrible events that took place, other than knowing that he has um, a kind of an instinctive revulsion to the idea of eating meat. As he develops his druidic abilities to command forest spirits, uh, he also perfects his ability to, um, his physical ability to conduct martial arts. And so over the years, he would intervene and protect small towns from bandits, monsters, and natural disasters. Uh, I think this is getting into the part that you haven't heard yet. So, yeah, that day, all sounds familiar. Yeah. 
Uh, many years later, after protecting a small village, he was returning to his usual haunt in the woods when he stumbled upon a lonesome cottage in the woods and saw a beautiful woman tending the garden. He struck up a conversation with her and the two quickly became enamored. No! They planned to wed, but one day while the woman was brushing Sankir Yang's hair, she found a scar on his head. The scar that she gave her son when she struck him. She knew immediately that she could not go through with the wedding, and so she told him everything that he had forgotten. Unfortunately, he did not believe her, thinking that she had another reason for trying to convince him not to marry her. He said they should wed anyway, and threatened that he would kill another man if she was trying not to marry him because she loved another. Sumbi demanded that if they were to wed, Sankiriang must first complete multiple trials to prove his love for her, which Sankiriang was only too willing to do. She set forth tasks that she thought would be impossible. Over the course of only one night, she wanted him to make a lake and make a boat to sail on the lake. Sankiriang is a druid, and so he did. He called on the spirits to help him dam a valley and flood it, creating a lake that, in the span of only a few hours. He then cut down a massive tree and hollowed it out to make a boat. Scared that he would finish before the sunrise, Sumbi quickly took her bamboo uh, weaving utensil and she wove a red and gold shawl with her loom, which caused the divine, which caused divine light to shine on the boat uh, as the sun rose to set the boat ablaze. Sankiriang was able to put the fire out, but not before the boat split in two. The two halves of the boat sank as far as they could, and the parts of the hole that protruded from uh, that protruded above the water became small islands. The sky was lightening in the east, and Sankiriang hurriedly made a much smaller canoe as the sun rose. He and Sumbi got into a tremendous argument about whether he had succeeded in the trial or not. He insisted that he was successful and that they should now wed. Sumbi prayed to Jitone for one last blessing to avoid this fate, and Jitone answered her prayer by turning her into a sparrow. She fled from Sankiriang. Enraged that she had broken her promise, Sankiriang used his druidic powers to turn into a hawk, and he ate her. Um, so this was the 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 less bloody version that you of this myth, right? Yes. He then Dang. overturned his own canoe in disgust, which sank to the bottom of the lake. It is said that Sankiriang haunts the woods around this lake to this very day. Hunters on this island try to avoid that lake as the land feels desecrated. So we're gonna we're looking for uh, a lake that is haunted by Sankiriang. Yes. And at the bottom of that lake, we're gonna find the boat. Yes. Okay. I don't do the whole story, but I'll let them know we're looking for a lake. Sure. Spare them the sanity of that. Yeah. But damn, boy ate his dog, his dad, his and dad his mom. And his mom. That is yeah. like some Oedipus stuff, man. Yeah, it's Oedipus and then some. Oedipus it, and then... It almost was Oedipus, though. <laughs> right. He tried. Alex face. 
I'm making an Alex face. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we're looking for a lake that is haunted by Sinkirian. That okay. is good to know. Oh, so it's a, it's haunted by the boy. Um. Yeah. I um. I mean, he wasn't really a boy. Uh. He was like a a man, and he ate his mother and his father. But his father was a dog, and um, his mother was a bird. And um, uh, uh, we're gonna fight a ghost, probably. Yay! So There's a ghost in a boat at the bottom of a lake. <laughs> wow. He has a very complicated family, you know. Grandmother who is a male bear, father who's a dog, and a mother that's a bird. I mean, I thought my mother would. And he I was thought... a person. Yes. And I mean, I thought my mother was a piece of work. I mean,. <laughs> This family, oof. Okay. Maybe it's better off knowing knowing your family. Uh, do you know your family, Moriarty? Well, I mean, like... No, really. I I, I know the guys I... Raised me on the boat. But no... of them a dog? No. You've been eating some drugs again, haven't you? Yes, I'm down to 101 drugs. <laughs> Moriarty's just gonna give Celine just a weird look for that dog. Well, yeah, as uh, as the rest of the week passes, Celine explains some of that story, sparing mm-hmm. you the most grisly details. Mm-hmm. Um, Hudson continues to show uh, um, a little bit of a recovery. By, by the time you're arriving in Yurikanoa, it seems like he's reasonably sure that this has actually happened. And that is not some elaborate hoax from Thousand Tooth Tom. But it seems that he's still not entirely convinced of that. I would tell Hudson the full story. Like, Hudson in, goes while insane he's again. <laughs> Did you say I'd... while he's sleeping? Yeah. Hudson goes insane again. No, really? <laughs> Hudson, Hudson has troubled dreams, for sure. Oh. Yeah. Oh, man. You know, old cracker, I am convinced she really is a hag. You know, I, I think she might be a hag. I mean, she told him that when he I'm was I'm not a hag. I heard you. See, she has the hearing of one well, of sounds those like something a hag would say. I know, right? She's not quite right there. I know. Not a hag. Down to one hundred drugs. That's yeah, I, I think a hag would definitely be counting her drugs too. For sure, for sure. I'm in a complete agreement there. Maybe we should tell Jack. Uh Celine, can you make a perception check? <laughs> These boys Perception, you say? Regular? Yes. Uh yeah. Okay. Uh five. Uh, not great. Thirteen. Thirteen. 
Uh, you don't hear anything specific other than the word hag is mentioned, but it sounds like Nelton is talking to Savannah. <laughs> oh, things just got good. <laughs> Here's the thing, dear listeners. Nathan knows how to bait me so bad. And I am trying to practice not being triggered by Nathan baiting me. So Celine is going to go to the bow of the ship by herself and do like kind of just stand there looking really moody and doing a lot of like sigh, like heavy sighs, like <sighs> and seeing if anyone comes up to her. Yeah, eventually you hear someone say, uh, is everything all right there, Celine? Yeah, you know, I'm just thinking about, uh, you know, the, um, how, how delicate life is. <laughs> and how fragile it is, and I turn around, who is it? Uh, you turn around, and uh, for a second you, uh, don't see anyone, and then you look down a little bit, and you see Daphne. <laughs> oh, and then I give Daphne, like, a playful, friendly punch on the shoulder. Uh, make another perception check. Actually, insight. Insight. Okay. That's a dirty twenty. Yeah. So she laughs, but she looks a little, a little disappointed. Like she was hoping for something a little more than just like a buddy punch. Oh. Um, any... <laughs> roll for damage. <laughs> roll, roll for damage. Um, roll for sanity damage. Um, right. Uh, yeah, like, um, you know, it's just so, so hard being out on the open ocean alone. And I'm trying to, like, make sure Savannah can kind of hear this conversation. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like, it's like you and Savannah are almost talking over the children <laughs> to one another. <laughs> Yeah. Um, how, how, how are you feeling, uh, Daph, Daphne, the, the Daphnator? The Daphnator. Never it's just that. a little nickname I, I like to, I like to give everyone a little nickname, you know, like, um, Nelton, I, I call, um, disappointing in, um, bed. Hey, <laughs> hey, I died. Um, I imagine events like this go on for um, days. <laughs> Jack is just up a wall. Yard. But um, finally you do arrive in the uh, port city of Irikanoa. Hang on. There we go. Oh. How did the locals oh. feel about us sailing in on this ship? Big ol' ship. Big ol' ship. Yeah, they're um, they're nervous. You notice that the guards are kind of watching intently, but they don't um, they don't stop you from docking or anything. They're just like armed and ready to fight if that's if that's what happens. 
got some cannons on shore, but when they see that you're like lowering the mast and or lowering the anchor and furling your sails and all that, then they uh, like uh, what do you call it? Winch the cannons up so that they couldn't hit anything. Sure. All right. Yeah, I guess we sail into port here and yeah, weigh anchor and get everything ready to take a break. Hook our other ship up to port. Sell our ship. Our other ship. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to figure out what you do with your ship. We'll have to figure out what you do with your um, hostage crew and with Dr. Uh, Suliakov. Um, let's let's go ahead and talk through that. I think that we'll call it after we have kind of an outline of uh, the logistics of the two ships and the crews. Well, I kind of think that we should just let all of Thousand Tooth Tom's original crew just go and hire a new crew. I, mean, <coughs> I know that they're like familiar with the boat and all, but there could be loyalists or people that are afraid to... You know, that they would double-cross us if he ever came back. Right. Right, but aren't we making... We're pretty good bosses. There's no one who's like, hey, you guys, like, are pretty chill. Well, there's some people that say that. It's just a matter of, like, do you believe what they say? Yeah, that's true. Right. I feel like we should get a fully new crew. Now, the doctor, I'm okay with keeping. Yeah. Yeah. to say. I would ask Savannah's opinion. I would be like, Savannah, um, you're very knowledgeable. Um, I definitely, uh, I, I do definitely slide with Jack in this. I mean, Jack is the captain, but as the first mate, I, I agree with his assessment. It does mean more expenses, but right now we have the money for it, so maybe we can just hire people uh, for like a down payment or something. No, I mean, we're not Thousand Tooth Toms. We're not going to enslave these people to force them to do our bidding forever. If they want to go, they can they can go, but they, I, they, I don't think they can stay. Alright, fair enough. So that's, uh... So, his crew leaves. Dr. Suliakov expresses that, um... He, he says, Now, I, uh... I'm... Wrong voice. Blend of voices. I'm... Uh, <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm happy to uh, sail with you, but I was kind of hoping to pursue my own ventures. So uh, if, if there's no hard feelings, I'll take my leave and go my own way. But if you wish to uh, contract me and work out some kind of uh, arrangement, my services in such a matter are not uh, cheap, but I'm sure we can reach an arrangement if, if that's what you prefer. I don't think we necessarily need him. We have Moriarty. Um, this is true. But I... How much does he want? I could uh, go for a flat fee, uh, 300 gold pieces per week. Oh, that's really pricey. I mean, how much pricey. do we have now, though, Nathan? Yeah, I, I don't know exactly how much you have, but you could easily, easily keep him for at least a month, if not longer, after paying off all of your, like, uh, contract crew. Question about contracts. On board when we were searching, did we find any of Thousand Tooth Tom's, like, in, you know... His debts? Debt, debt contracts? Yes, like his, his ledgers. For ledgers, sure. yeah. Absolutely. And since we 
have them. Those are, in fact, now our slips of debt. <laughs> They're made out to Thousand Tooth Tom, not to Moriarty. Could right, you just then I... Thousand Tooth Tom and write in Moriarty? I guess then I, we can just offer to burn these for a small fee. Hey there, I'm thinking. There you go. We should definitely burn Daphne's. I mean, it, the copy is not an actual, you know, the original. I can what write down somebody's name and, you know, stuff on a thing and, you know, it is what it is. Pippin owes me three crits. <gasps> Signed. Wow. Wow, Nathan. Nathan! I owe there, you I did three it. crits, huh? I did it. I filled my obligation. <laughs> Nathan! <laughs> Um. Yeah, I mean, you can you can keep his ledgers. You can keep track of like who he has, uh, who is indebted to him. You find Daphne. You find Hudson. Um. Any the, other uh, big fish? Um, yeah. Any names we recognize? <laughs> yes. Yontor. Not Yontor. <laughs> there, there certainly are. There certainly are other names you would you would recognize. He owes him his forest. <laughs> he owes them like four. Not my forest. <laughs> Not all the little creators. Uh, uh, I I was gonna scry on Yontor too this episode. Let's yeah. let's do that two weeks from now. Yeah. Um. Big names. That you would recognize, uh, Jack, Moriarty, Clacker. Um, Selim probably wouldn't, as she's not as much a sea seafarer. But um, the uh, oh, what is his name? Grizzle, Grizzle the Walrus Folk. Oh yeah, I remember that. Who uh, was the captain of the Black Tusk? That's the ship that originally kidnapped Hudson. Mm. Um, so that ship is just part of Thousand Tooth Tom's armada now. Um. Other names you would recognize. A uh, couple minor politicians in Cliffs Bay who died during the battle, so that's kind of a done deal at this point. Um, what about our my, my favorite my favorite politician in Cliffs Bay? Glustony? Yeah. Uh no, you don't you don't find any debts. You find trade just agreements. Rich enough. Great. Great. Trade agreements with Glustony or just trade agreements? With Glustony, yeah. What were they trading? Do you know specifically? Yeah. Um they People? were so not slave tradery uh, tradery. <laughs> not uh that not like a slave trade, but um selling of uh services like mercenaries, okay. uh prostitutes, like un unsavory like less legal side of services um personnel that they have in their networks um also just like high-end rums and wines and that kind of stuff okay um you let's see you would recognize one other name of note which is king rickard tolden the third that's wow. the i was gonna joke that the king of West I was kind of joke that too. I was gonna say, is yeah. Rick on the list? Yeah, he is on the list. Great. Well, but now we have proof, though. 
that's a pretty good yeah. evidence to have in your back pocket. Yeah, I do agree with you, but it's also bad that our biggest enemy is uh, affiliated with the king of West Attica. And also collecting these um, powerful relics. Yeah. I mean, technically, our biggest enemy has always been collecting the power, most powerful re relics. I mean, let's, let's, be, let's be real. There's a tooth tomb is a very bad man, yeah. and he's a very... Well, so, could be considered our arch enemy, but he's not our biggest enemy. So the Mind Flayers at least have one. Thousand Tooth Tom at least has one that we know of. And we have two. Yes, That's correct. And hopefully it's wouldn't be three. Okay, I'm trying to keep a tally of who has what, honestly. There's there's five in play that you're aware of if you count the boat of Sankuriang as in play, because you're like looking yeah, for it. Yeah, right because we're now. going actively going after it. Yeah. Yeah, so half of the items are in some way actively in in the forefront of the story right now. That we know of. Yeah. Right. Um, I'm also gonna say that at some point while you were sailing, you did some messaging back and forth with uh, Penelope and with the other party. We're not gonna have that conversation right now. We'll have it with them when they catch up to you. Okay. <gasps> I miss my girl though. I miss Penny. I wonder how she's doing. She's um, better than Hudson. She's better than Hudson. That we likely. hope. We most hope. Most likely. Yeah, but not for not for certain. Um. Yeah. So, you're you let the you let the crew go. You'll take on a new crew. We can figure out whether you um, whether you're going to cut them in. I guess I need to check how I worded things. I I think that if you take them on. Uh, they will just divvy up the uh, percentage that you've already agreed upon. Um, so as long as you continue to make enough money for everyone, they'll remain happy with that. If you take on more first mates, then they'll squeeze out more of your percentage that you pay out to people. Um, Dr. Suliakov, you're fine letting him go because you've got Moriarty. Um... I think so. I would probably say if, if um, you know, you need anything, don't feel, uh, don't be a stranger. Uh, right. I mean, he did, he did express interest in going off on his own anyway, so, like, you know, I'm not going to keep him. And then, mm -hmm. you know. I would ask him for the schematics for the AutoCannon network. Yeah, Please. he's accommodating enough. He'll give you those. Excellent. Good thing. All right. And he can explain to us how the blood cannon works, just in case we need it. You mean the mayo cannon? Oh, yeah. Did he ever figure out a way in our several weeks to... <laughs> to turn into a mayo cannon? 
Let me uh, just alternative. Because that that could sway me into keeping him on board. I'll, I'll, I'll Nathan, now, now that I'm looking at this map of Kellaruma, <laughs> no. Um, well, yeah, he got it to work. Doing, Doc? Yeah, he he's trying, but the the best thing is he got it to work with non-humanoid blood, but it still has to be fresh. Okay. Okay. Uh, Nathan, now that I'm looking at this this map, are we looking for the Lake of Sankiri? <laughs> you indeed <laughs> found it. I just looked over at the stream. I was like, wait a second. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll find this out next time we record. But like, you ask anyone around town, it's a it's a well known myth in this area, myth legend, whatever, however real it may be. Um, yeah, you did say the hunters you. are in the area avoid it, so yes, seems pretty reasonable to be easy to find. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Well, I think we're set. You can explore the town and head up to the uh, um, to the lake next week or next time. Um, bookkeeping. Those of you listening on podcast, there will be a couple weeks where you don't get anything because the next time we would record would be Thanksgiving Day. So everyone who's American or who is not American but celebrates Thanksgiving, eat some yummy food, have a great time. We won't be recording live on that night. Obviously, we'll be back uh, four Thursdays from now, which is. Uh, December 7th you will um, we will dive into uh, Yurikanoa and the uh, uh, countryside and forest of this island of Kelberuma so we'll see you all then, have a great holiday Uh, this has been Sanity Damage to whom this belongs thank you all for joining us on this epic voyage uh, we'd love to hear from you. You can find links to all of our uh, social medias at uh, linktree slash sanity damage. Um, we're on all of the major social media, so you can find us and at us. We'd love to hear from you. Discord is the best place to like actively talk with us, so hop in there and let us know who your favorite PCs and NPCs are and why it's Nelton. Um, you can, uh, if you <laughs> uh, head on over to... Uh, Patreon, uh, find our Patreon, and um, if you've got some extra doubloons to throw away, we would uh, really appreciate that. Uh, starting at $2, you've got um, PDFs every month, a couple of other rewards, and then all the way up to um, higher rewards where you can play with uh, the Homebrew crew, including uh, Cody and Pippin, in a monthly uh, Patreon D&D game. Uh, you can add NPCs to the campaign, get shoutouts at the beginning of each episode. Lots of good stuff. It- and don't forget the drugs. The drugs are a Patreon thing now, right? And only $2, that's right. And to be very, very legally clear, those are fictional drugs in a PDF that you can put in your own fictional games. That's all <laughs> that we're giving and you. Potatoes. <laughs> and potatoes. <laughs> yeah, you can find Body Nook's po- uh, table of potatoes in that supplement. So yeah, $2 a month, a lot of great PDFs. It's a good, good deal. Uh, this show is a homebrew live stream, and our dice sponsor is FanRoll. So find amazing dice and dice accessories, uh, trays, towers, bags. Find all of that over at FanRollDice.com and use the coupon code HOMEBREW for 10% off anything on the website. That's FanRollDice.com. This campaign is dedicated to Brandon, who we hold in loving memory. 
to whom the seat belongs is a sanity damage campaign set in the Kaleidosphere. Join us next time, which again is December 7th at the normal recording time, as we uh, trek into the wilderness of Kelruna. Happy holidays, everyone. We'll see you later. Bye. 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 Bye.